The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Our teens need more support and encouragement than ever before. We need to show them that there are so many accomplishments in their lives that are just waiting to be discovered. This is the Dr. Stem Show with Dr. Stem Malatini. We want teens today to feel valued in their schools, homes, and in the community. The Dr. Stem Show will give the voiceless a voice and the hopeless hope. Now, here is Dr. Stem. Good afternoon and welcome to the Dr. Stamp Show. This show is meant for empowering, educating, inspiring and motivating all of you that are listening in today, especially teenagers, parents and those of you in the community. One of the things that we do is we discuss things as they happen because once we know and we have knowledge of how to cope with difficult situations, with situations that happen, we will know what impacts the children that we raise and we will know what impacts our own day-to-day lives. I am broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts. This is Dr. Stem, your host of the Dr. Stem Show, as all of you know. And I thank you for those of you that have reached out to ask how we are doing. As you all know, yesterday there was the Boston Marathon explosion that happened right here in the Boston area. I actually live 30 minutes out of um, the city center where this incident happened. So a lot of you were concerned knowing that I live in Boston and I work in Boston as well. Thank God I wasn't in the area yesterday. It was a holiday, so I happened not to be in that area where I usually am frequenting during the week when we are working. What happened yesterday, a lot of you were asking. Yesterday, April 15th, there were two bombs that exploded around about 2.50 p.m. in the afternoon on Boylston Street, which is near Copley Square in the Boston, Massachusetts area, just before the finish line of the Boston Marathon, which happens here every year, a safe environment. It's actually a family environment where families go out and they take their children and, and you know, relatives and friends to go out and cheer on friends and family that will be running. So it's a family event that was happening yesterday when these bombs exploded. It it is reported as of now I was looking out on TV and the newspapers and everything most reports are saying there are three people that died and about 170 people that have been injured I know I saw one or two newspapers that say four people are dead but that's not confirmed I know for sure that they are saying three people are died have died among the dead was an 8 year old 
young man whose name is Martin Richard, who was cheering on some friends uh, of the family that were running in the marathon. Our hearts go out to all of those, the three or four people that lost their lives, as well as those people that have been injured. But I think the worry and the concern is among all of us citizens that are living right here in the Boston area because we have lost a sense of security of what was a safe environment, a safe area to walk around and be in and with the culprits not you know, in custody yet, we don't know what else is happening, we don't know what else is, is next, so the fear is very heightened among professionals, among the people themselves that live in the city. I happen to be a licensed psychotherapist, and in addition, I have additional training as a critical incident stress uh, professional and a crisis responder. So what happens is within minutes of things like that happening, we get calls for all those that are certified to go either in the hospitals, we go in the hotels, we go in the areas where the people are affected and talk to the families, talk to the victims that are there, but to try and stabilize the people there because people will be crying, people want to find their relatives and people are lost and it's just chaos. So they usually bring professionals like myself to go in and find out and figure out what is going on to make sure that we help people find their relatives, we help people find you know, their loved ones or to calm them down if they have lost a loved one and we know that they have lost a loved one which the police usually do that announcements to let them know what's going on. So I am directly impacted with this incident and I have a lot of people that I've been working with even in my office that have been coming in because what happens is when a trauma like this happens not only is it affecting us that are in the Boston area or the people that were at the event itself it's affecting everyone around the world because the scenes of what happened yesterday are being shown all over the world on television, they're on the internet, they're on your cell phones so everyone is exposed to the incident and the trauma that happened yesterday I also wanted to discuss with the people that um, here in the Boston area because we are on what they call a terror heightened alert system. The United States has uh, Homeland Security, and in that Homeland Security, they devised a plan where they let the people know if they are in danger on what um, security level that we're in. So as of yesterday, we were put on a high risk of terrorist attack. What does that mean? The system of the terror alert level that they have, it has one, two, three, four, five levels of um, alert systems that they have. So sometimes they will tell you that we are at low risk, which is the bottom part of it, low risk, that means there's a low risk of terrorist attack. And people just have to be aware that, you know, there's something going on, there's a suspicion that something might happen. Then the next level after that is a guarded alert, which means, you know, generally they have a little bit more information that they had on the low risk that something might happen as far as a terrorist attack is concerned. And then after the guarded, there's an elevated uh, alert which is significant risk of terrorist attack is being warned for every citizen. 
And then what we are on right now in the Boston area is a high risk of terrorist attack, which means after yesterday's bombs that went off, there were two of them that went off, there's usually the suspicion that when that happens and they don't know, they're suspecting that it could be terrorist, but then we don't know whether they're terrorists that are outside the United States or they're within the United States or they're even within the Boston area. So as a result, they put everyone on high risk of terrorist attack. What does that mean? We have pulled police, we have army, we have, um, you know, all kinds of security around, especially the city center area, the Boston area, and also around the cities in the Boston area, for some of us that are an hour, 30 minutes, 20 minutes out of the city itself, we are noticing a lot of high police presence on the streets, on the road, so you don't want to be speeding if you're listening to me in the Boston area or anywhere around the Massachusetts area. You do not want to be speeding. Drive safely because there are police everywhere. They appear as if they're hiding, but they're not. They are actually making sure that we are safe. They are making sure that these people, because they have not been caught yet, that they do not bring back more risk or harm to the citizens of the Boston or Massachusetts area. After the high risk, the the highest um, alert level that is there is a severe risk, and at the severe risk of terrorist attack, I think that's what we saw when we had 9-11, where, I mean, as you all know, that uh, terror was beyond description that happens 9-11, and that's the severe terror uh, risk um, terrorist attack. So at this point, as I said, for all those of you that are in the Boston area, be aware, be alert, because they have not yet found out who did this in the Boston area yesterday. They don't know where the bombs are. I wanted to talk to you more about how do you cope with situations like this, because this is trauma and this is tragic. And unfortunately, right in the United States, uh, as much as, you know, in other countries, there have been terrorist attacks and, you know, um, incidents happening, we happen to be having them now more frequent than we could want to count or see because we have school shootings that are happening as recently as, you know, November, we had a school shooting, but we have school shootings, we have people that are shooting, you know, in the stores for businesses that are shooting in the business areas. I, I just read yesterday there was a police woman in the New York area. She went home and killed her five-month, uh, five-year-old, you know, child and a boyfriend. And this is a police officer who's supposed to be protecting people. So, you know, emotionally, there's something going on that is driving people to the point of not caring about lives and not valuing lives. And I think that's the most scary thing that's happening now. The head of the FBI agent in Boston, Massachusetts, actually this morning at a conference said this statement. We will go to the ends of the earth to identify the subject or subjects of those people who are responsible for this despicable crime, and we will do everything we can to bring them to justice. So what you don't want to do is to get in the way of any of those investigations that are happening right now if you are living in the Boston area. All of us 
have been traumatized one way or the other in our lives, whether it's this traumatic event or in our personal lives. And what I want to let all of you know today is the trauma, the traumas that happen in our lives, they just don't happen to people that are weak and not strong. Or maybe you say, well, you know, they were not employed or they are not educated. It happens to the competent people, to many of us that are healthy, strong, good people. That's, that, that's what trauma does. It comes to everyone and because it's a big loss, uh, whether it, it's through the bombing, it's through shooting, or it's trauma because someone had a heart attack in your family and died, or it's trauma that someone have, has been diagnosed with a long-term illness and now life is not going to be you know, the same for them and for you as a person. Trauma happens to the best of us. No one can completely protect themselves, you know, himself or herself and say, you know what, I'll never experience that. We all will experience trauma at some point in our lives. So I want everyone to be aware of that. And having said that, one of the things that is of concern, I think that I want to make sure that I share with all of you that are listening is when something like this happens, when a trauma like this happens, there is a tendency for people to keep glued on their TVs and they keep glued in the newspapers and they go on the phones and now they ha- we have cell phones, they get on the cell phones and read the minute to minute or second to second update of what happened and who's doing what. It is good and bad. It's good because you get to know whether loved ones have been affected because I'm sure that there will still be people that are not being found that, you know, you cannot locate in the Boston area. So it's good if you are going to find that out and wonder what's, you know, what happened to a loved one or a friend. And then on the other end, it's bad because what happens is we develop what we call vicarious trauma. And vicarious trauma is caused by repeatedly, repeatedly watching, listening, talking, or exposing yourself to such traumatic events. Because most people will watch that TV and then call someone on the phone and say, did you see what happened? And as I said, that could be... You know, another form of trauma that you'll be traumatizing yourself um, because now you're watching it too many times and it's getting into your mind. Trauma is caused by you continuing to watch and talking about, you know, the traumatic events that happened. What I'll do is let's take a quick break and we'll come right back and talk a little bit more about this vicarious trauma. How do I traumatize myself by continuing to watch this event or talk about it or expose myself to trauma when a trauma like the one that happened in Boston, Massachusetts happens? We'll be right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. 
There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for real change in your life? Deep down inside you is a magnificent being just looking to break free. Tune in to Manifesting Abundance with Deborah Loran and Jim Del Vecchio. Most people need to make some minor adjustments in attitude and behavior to achieve alignment with their inner being. Jim and Deborah will help outline these changes and give you the steps you need to create some major improvements in your life. Listen for Manifesting Abundance Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. We were talking before we went on break, we were talking about vicarious trauma. And this is um, trauma that I was explaining to all of you that happens when you are far away. Some of you are, you know, very far away in the Europe or Africa continents and watching this in over and over and over again. And the problem with that is you have relatives that are out here in the United States and now are worried whether they are okay or not and even if you hear that they're okay if you continue to watch this repeatedly for days and and you know hours and talk about it there is a concern of what we call vicarious trauma which means that you will have problems you know dealing with this as if you were right there in the Boston area yesterday as if you were right at the scene and feeling the feeling of what was going on with the victims that were affected yesterday so what is vicarious trauma vicarious trauma is usually described as the process of change that happens when someone cares too much and, and and I know it's, it sounds weird. Like, what do you mean cares too much? I mean, if you care too much to want to know exactly what's happening with someone and you're so committed and you can't even sit down and do your job without clipping on Google to find out what's going on now. And now, you you know, you, you're going on your phone and watching on Twitter to see what's being tweeted. It's okay to do it for the first couple of days, three days. But then when it gets to be excessive, I just want to warn people so that they can start, you know, thinking about this. Am I doing it a little bit too much? Is it affecting my day-to-day life? Am I doing this, you know, um, somewhere where it's going to affect my relationships with the people I'm working with or the people that I'm, you know, around at that point? So as I said, it's a good and bad thing, but I'm just, you know, making sure that we discuss the negative part of having to TV exposure. I worry a lot about the children because the children seem to 
remember a lot about the scenarios and, you know, the, the incidents that happen when they see on TVs. And a scene like what happened yesterday, it's very gruesome and it's scary and it's nerve-wracking for us adults, let alone the children. So I worry a lot about the children. If anything, you know, let's protect the children from overexposure, watching um, these scenes being repeatedly shown on TV, on the phone, or on the computer, or talking about it around them, because you start seeing some differences and some changes in them, which I will discuss uh, at a later segment today with you what some of those um, symptoms are. Because what I wanted to do is go through some of the stages of reactions that you're going to be experiencing, that we are experiencing especially right here in Boston, Massachusetts, as people that are in the area or for some of us that are responders that have been, you know, in the, uh, on the scene and talking to the people. The first reaction that happens when you hear or see a trauma like this on the news or someone tells you about it, there's shock and denial. And for those of you that are in the mental health or have heard this before, these are the same phases that you go through when you are dealing with death or when you're dealing with um, a significant long-term illness or a change in your life. But what happens was when we heard that there were two bombs that exploded in the Boston area, of course, the first thing you say, no, you got to be kidding me. There's nothing like that. You mean it happened right here in Boston? So everybody was in shock. But most people, we were in denial. We didn't believe that it could happen in Boston. We were not prepared for something you know, like that to happen at a marathon, a family event. How could that happen? So I think it's, it's a real a reality, real reaction that a lot of people experience the first you know, impact of hearing news like this. And then after that, you go through a stage, what we call bargaining. You say, well, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it was just a small, you know, fireworks. Because now remember, this happened at the finish line. These people were running for the finish line so that they could get, they get some nice big prizes that um, a lot of, Kenyans have won and made a difference in Kenya, you know, with the monies that they won. So what happens is when you think about it to say, well, it happens near the finish line, maybe they have fireworks at the finish line so that, you know, they can celebrate the winners or something. And, and that's part of that bargaining that now nah, it, it couldn't be right. And then as we started, you know, seeing on the TV, as we started getting the phone calls to say, you know, all therapists, psychotherapists, doctors, emergency personnel, you need to be in the Boston area right now because this is real. Then you get to that point where the next phase is anger. Now, who would do this? And why would something like this happen on a day like a family day? And you have to remember at that point, we have no idea who's dead and let alone that an eight-year-old innocent child who's just going out with his family has lost his life. And not only that, he also has a six-year-old sister who has been amputated because she lost a leg. And for that family, how devastating that incident is to them because now not only are they going to bury an eight-year-old, they're now going to take care of a six-year-old whose leg has been amputated, an innocent victim. So that alone will make anyone who is anyone angry and lash out at who 
in this world could do something like that. So it's a normal reaction that everybody will go through just in case you have or you are around people or yourself are going through these phases and feeling angry wherever you are in the world about this incident that happened as well as other incidents that are happening around you. It is a normal reaction that most normal people will experience during or after a trauma. After this, the other concern that we have, which happens after a while, some people will go into a form of depression and they start feeling, you know, helpless and empty and feeling lack of energy because they continue to think about this atrocious event and they continue to want an answer or understanding why this is happening. And this happens not to only those people that have experienced the attack and lost someone or lost their lives or are in critical condition in the hospital right now or have walked home but are still, you know, injured. A lot of people that were there, even though they don't have some physical injuries, the concern is they will have emotional injuries. So everyone is hurt. So it's not uncommon that they will start feeling this helplessness and this loss and the sadness and crying right after the event or today, a day after the event. After the depression, this is after a while, and it it depends on each individual. It's not the same for everyone, but people come to a stage that we call acceptance. A lot of people confuse acceptance with, oh, they're accepting the fact that somebody can just come and disrupt the whole city and, you know, implant two bombs that will explode and kill people and hurt that many people. It's not accepting it. It's not saying, yes, it's okay. That's the difference with that acceptance. Acceptance will happen at a different phase, as I said, for everyone. But this is a stage where people will accept that this event happened will affect, uh, accept that life will go on, will accept that there has been significant, significant losses, not only the loss of life, not only the loss of, you know, um, safety, but emotionally, spiritually, there are lots of losses that people are experiencing and will continue to experience after an event like yesterday. But the stage acceptance is in a stage where people will get to the point where they'll say, you know, despite everything that has happened today, I will make it. I'll survive. Is it possible that people will get there today? No. Most likely, it's not going to be possible that you get to that phase the next day. What I want people to know is these phases don't go in order where you say, okay, I went through the shock and the denial. I went through the bargaining where I couldn't believe it and I I was hoping that I would wake up and snap out of it and it's gone and it wasn't true. It's not, you know, that you get angry right after you finish the bargaining and then get into a depression and then get to a phase of acceptance. It doesn't work that way. We all have different ways of coping with instances like this year, with coping with whatever difficult times and moments and events that happen in our lives, and people will react differently. 
So I want everyone to also know that um, as a piece of education, because this show is only an educational, it's not a form of treatment that you can say, well, Dr. Stem said this and so I should be okay because this is informational only. My hope and recommendation is that you will go to your city your town, your state, your country, and see a medical or mental health professional that you'll be able to talk about how you're feeling after you get to know that, okay, she mentioned these symptoms, then maybe I need to seek further assistance. And that's the reason why I'm doing this show today. As I was saying, the phases will differ for everyone. Some people will go through the shock and then just go straight to the anger. Some people will go through the shock and go straight to the depression. And um, it's not a right or wrong way of reacting. So if you see that you have a friend, you have a family member who happens to not care, they're not showing any emotion, they're just brushing you off or they're, you know, just walking as if, oh, nothing is happening. I want you to be aware and cognizant that we all will be dealing with this event in different ways and different phases. So it doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean that they are hard-hearted. It just means that they are going to deal with it in a different way than the way that we are dealing with it. And with that, I'm going to take another quick break. When we come back, I'm going to now go into details about coping with the trauma, the common reactions that people will have to trauma. We will be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit. You'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmolatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. 
As I said uh, before the break that I was going to come back and talk to you about coping with trauma. And this is any trauma that will happen in your lives, whether it's uh, through the bombings that happened yesterday here in the Boston area or the trauma that will happen in your families when you lose a loved one or some form of change happens and you lose a job, you break up with someone, you lose a child to death. It's It all changes and causes a shift in the way that we live on a day-to-day basis or the way we think and react uh, to situations. So what are the common reactions to trauma? There are one, two, three, four, five phases, I should say, because if I break it down like that, it'll be easier for you to deal with, to point, pinpoint what is exactly, what it is exactly that you're feeling. So the physical responses are the first responses that I'll discuss with you. These are the changes that you'll find in your sleep. I can tell you that it was difficult to sleep last night. I came home, I was like a zombie. I, I didn't know whether I was coming or going because it was just hard. You replay everything that you saw. You replay everything that you heard and you replay family and friends calling and, you know, being scared of whether you're okay or not. So those are normal reactions to an abnormal situation because that was an abnormal situation of that event that we had yesterday but you will find that you might have a change in sleep or you might sleep early and some people sleep late I slept late, I can tell you that I, I was wide awake, I couldn't sleep change in appetite a lot of us couldn't eat yesterday and today we're nibbling on things it, it just doesn't taste the same it's not the same for, for, you know, for today after having to cope with this some people will have difficult breathing and this should be an awareness, especially for those people that already have difficulty breathing as an illness that they're dealing with. But when you see or hear or experience trauma like this year, it might be exacerbated where it gets to be a little worse than um, how you've been feeling. Some people will feel dizzy. They'll report that they're feeling dizzy. A lot of headaches. I've had to take you know a, a couple of Tylenol myself because I've had headaches. And this is just from the thinking and the doing and the running around and helping out and you know empathizing with people and you know talking to people on the phone in person. So you might feel some headaches. You know having to deal with this increased heart rate. Again, I want to emphasize this for those people that are dealing with heart problems. If you have a hard time breathing, this again might increase your heart rate after a trauma or a traumatic event. Stomach upset is another symptom that a lot of people report that they're feeling as if, you know, their stomach is hurting or they just have a, an upset stomach or they feel like nausea and they want to throw up and nothing is tasting, you know, good and they can't seem to relax themselves. So those are some common physical responses. I say common so that people don't panic when they feel these, especially right after the event or a few days after the event, you start to feel like, I, I can't sleep. Why am I not sleeping? Because there's something on your mind. How, how come I can't eat? It's not even tasting good. And, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling dizzy and I have a headache and, you know, my muscles are just tense. I, it's almost like I, I, I'm just tense and things are not just eating okay. 
if you have a friend that is telling you that, or if you're telling you and saying that out aloud, just think back of the event that happened and know that, that those are normal reactions that you feel, um, right after experiencing or even seeing this on TV. Even if you don't have relatives that have gone through it or you don't have relatives that are in the Boston area, it's normal that you also feel these physical responses. People might say, well, why am I feeling them? I don't even know anyone in Boston. I don't know anyone around these areas that happen. Because what happens is they trigger. When an event like this happens, it actually goes and brings back memories of what has happened in your own personal life, of the sad happenings that have happened, whether it's a death of a loved one that happened unexpectedly or expectedly, it still hurts. But it's going to bring back those memories or any other trauma that you've experienced. You've been in a car accident. You've lost some someone. You've lost a leg yourself. You've lost a job. And it was so, so hard and difficult for you to deal with. That's what we we call trauma, you will experience something because those emotions start coming back and you wonder, well, why is it that I'm being bothered by this and yet I'm not even close to the people there and I'm, I don't even know Boston and I don't know anyone there. Why am I feeling this? It's because there's a connection that has happened between what you have felt before and what is happening right now to the people that are, you're seeing on TV, the people that you've heard about, you've read in the newspapers, you're seeing on the computers. There's that connection as a human being and, and that fear that comes with that. So that's why those responses will be normal. The other responses that you will experience or that uh, have been reported to be experienced are emotional responses. As we talked about in, in the responses, uh, in the levels of responses that we spoke about, the shock or the numbness, the denial, that's an emotional response. The anger towards the people that have done such an incident. And with some people, they even have anger towards, you know, whether it's God or any spirituality beliefs that you have. There's anger towards that because there's that belief that we're supposed to be protected. We're supposed to be guided and what happened? How come God wasn't there? How come Buddha wasn't there? How come my spirits were not there to guide us or to guide these people or to protect these people? Where were the angels when all this was happening? That anger is real and as we say, it's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation that will be happening. The fear that we all are afraid that something might be going on again. What if this person is watching on TV and just wondering where next to plant more bombs so that they can have more victims? What if that's the case? You, you never know. So that fear is real. The depression, the guilt, the frustration, the sadness that you might feel. And this I have to emphasize, this that sadness, because then some people report that, you know, all of a sudden they're just, you know, not feeling as if there's any joy, there's anything to be joyful about. There's no reason to be here today if a thing like this could happen. What if it happens to me when I'm at work and, you know, a bomb explodes? And what if it happens to me when I'm home or I'm on the train or I'm driving? Those are normal reactions because people don't know. And it's usually double difficult to deal with when the culprit is not in custody, when they don't know who did it, and when they don't know why they did it. That usually brings in more fear, more depression, more anxiety, more sadness, and the feeling of unsafe, and you know, being unsafe and vulnerable. Um, some people will become even more lonely 
and if they're isolated people anyway, they become even more isolated. If they're people that are social and they are talking with other people, their friends, they become more isolated and lonely because of that emotional response that they're experiencing at that time. So I want people to be aware and cognizant of that shock, anger, fear, depression, guilt, sadness, feelings of, you know, uh, being unsafe and vulnerable are some of the emotional responses that you might be feeling. Again, those will be normal. Mental responses, um, this is where a lot of people have said, you know, I'm just confused. I, I don't even know whether I'm coming or going. They have difficult concentrating if they're in school. That focus is not there. If they're at work, they can't even focus on the work they are doing. Either they're distracted by the thoughts that are going, you know, through their head or they're distracted by wanting to watch and know, have they caught him or her? Do they know what happened? Do they know if there are more people that have died? Do they know if there are more people that have come out and say they've been injured as well after that response? So it, it becomes, you know, a lot of confusion in people's minds on what's going on and the concentration can be a challenge when something like this happens. Some people also report that they have difficulty remembering details of anything, of an event. Um, what they ate last night or what they did last night, all of a sudden you have this, you know, temporary, oh, forgetfulness. I, I don't remember. I don't even know what happened. That usually happens, uh, because it's a mental response and, you know, it's something that we term as normal to a certain extent for all those reactions that I, uh, I've talked about. They're only normal to a certain extent because sometimes if you go two weeks and you're still experiencing all or most of these, then it's time to consult with your physician, your doctor, your therapist, or to seek a doctor or a therapist that can help you manage and cope with some of those responses. There's the last behavioral responses which will affect you in your social life, in your personal lives, or even in the workplace. This is when you're withdrawing from others. You don't even want to talk to people. You don't even want to hear what people are saying. You are just angry and you're crying all the time. A lot of people were crying yesterday and a lot of people that I encountered are still crying today. It's just the emotionally they cannot take it. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, when does it end? When do we get to be safe? And when do we get to be protected in this country? Because it's scary. So those are the questions that people are asking. I wish the answers were as easy as, you know, it's going to happen tomorrow or something is going to happen, but um, it's something that is consistently, you know, the government is working on it, the police, the you know, are working on it, and everyone around us is working to protect the country as well as the cities and especially here in the Boston area. There will be decreased energy for a lot of people then you know they as i said earlier on you know they don't want to do anything you don't want to go to work you wake up this morning and you can't even get out of bed because your whole body is just weak and you're wondering well wait a minute this is not me i'm supposed to work today because a lot of us in the boston area were on holiday yesterday so it was very difficult for a lot of people to wake up today and go to work so as i said after such trauma it becomes a, a bit of a challenge 
to wake up and want to go to the workplace because you never know again. But as I'm saying, you know, again, that will be a normal reaction after such an incident. And increased use of alcohol is what I want to emphasize before we go on break because a lot of people said, well, you know what, I, just, I really need a glass of wine, I really need a beer, or I'm just going to smoke, you know, some weed, or I'm going to be snorting some cocaine just a little bit to cope with this because I can't take it. That little bit could be a whole lot more because what you are not aware of is you're in that mind frame where you just want to calm down, you want everything to go away, and one glass of wine might not be, you know, do the the job of calming you down, and then you drink another one and another one, and it could become a problem. So please be aware whether you are in this area or you're outside the country that increased use of alcohol or taking medications. If you're on pain medication, that could be of concern to try and refrain from, you know, taking that as a way to soothe yourself, as a way to calm down. We will take another quick break, and we'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Who would you like to meet today? Every week that question can be answered on Spark One with Audrey King Wissiger. Our guests are successful people from all walks of life who are willing to share the secrets to their success. Get ready to ask musicians, comedians, athletes, entrepreneurs, and artists everything you wanted to know about them, including their views on coaching style, sports psychology, parenting, food and wine, journalism, media, and much more. Spark One is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time well spent. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. If you just joined us, we are talking today. I do not have a guest with me. It's just me talking to you about coping with trauma. As most of you know, yesterday we had two bombs that exploded in the Boston area. So I wanted to reach out to people and talk a little bit about what the symptoms will be that you'll be experiencing, what people are experiencing in this area. And just in case you need, you know, to seek further treatment, further help, further assistance, you will know 
know what it is that your experience is and know what to tell the professionals that you'll be reaching out to. So with that said, I will go over some trauma coping tips, which are also stress management trips, tips, because as you know, this is very stressful. It's a very stressful time. It's a very stressful, um, event to deal with after the effect. Care for yourselves. Take care of yourselves wherever you are, whether you're in the Boston area or outside the Boston area. As I said, this will affect the best of us and all of us because it's triggering the losses that we've had, the sadness of the people that we've seen that have lost loved ones in previous events. So do take care of yourself. Eat well. Exercise and rest when you need to rest. Make sure you have plenty of rest. And avoid drinking way too much coffee. For those of you that drink alcohol, if you're always one that drinks one glass of wine and you find yourself drinking two or drinking two days a week instead of one day a week, be aware of that, cognizant of that, and know that maybe it's a little bit too much because it will be easy to tip off and drink a little more. Seek out some comfortable surroundings around you of people that you don't constantly talk about this and it becomes more of a headache and a pain to you because you're dealing with it you know more uh, and it's, it's a difficult situation for you to deal with more than anybody else around you so make sure that you avoid too much you know talking about it but mostly avoid too much time by yourself because then you'll be tempted to look on the internet listen to the news and find out about this so in in the midst of it it's good to talk about it to an extent because i don't want people to also keep it in and say well you know maybe if i talk about it people might say i'm talking too much about it it's good to talk about it really really good to talk about it but you will know when that talk is way too much that it's now affecting you negatively instead of you getting energy and saying okay I feel better because I talked about it if it's not feeling better because you talked about it then find other ways of sharing you know different stories and watch different movies that are a little bit you know enlightening and uplifting than to deal with the sadness share your thoughts as I said you know and your feelings with friends and family as much as you can to the point where if you are feeling all the symptoms that are said and they're extensive and you cannot deal with it, you're crying too much, you, you are not sleeping, you're not eating, you can't even get energy, then please do go and see a professional that can help you find more ways of dealing and coping with that. Some people, it might not be just talking to someone that they might need because of whatever medical problems that they might have. So do call your doctor and go get seen and checked so that everything else can be ruled out. That means they can check to make sure everything else is okay with you before they can just say maybe it's the trauma that uh, you're struggling with. Um, give yourself some time to recover. It's not going to be a day, two days, a year, two years for people to get to a new normal. Because for those of us that are in the Boston area, it's scary now. It's, it's, it's not the same that you can just go to the marathon and watch the marathon. It's going to be a new normal for us. And we don't know until we know what the reason was. We don't know until we know who did this to be safe, for us to be safe and to feel that sense of safety. So give yourself time to recover because then don't think, well, 
I'm just not, you know, thinking that I'm still safe. I'm getting a little bit anxious. I'm getting a little bit nervous. And you think, well, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. It will take a little time. It will take some time. And as I said, people will react differently to this situation. So it depends on who you are and how you've, you've reacted with uh, past events that have been difficult, how long it's took you and what you've done to get, you know, beyond the pain. Remember that uh, difficulty with sleeping, sometimes having nightmares, flashbacks, feelings of being, you know, in the midst of this um, trauma and being with the victims and empathizing with them to the point where you feel their pain, that it, it is a normal way of reacting because then this, this is not a normal thing that we learn to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So it's a common way that you have those sleeping problems and nightmares. It, it's something that's common that a lot of people will be experiences. But I cannot emphasize enough uh, that you should, if you can, find people that are of a professional nature to talk to that can help you cope with this if it's getting to a point where you know, you know, you know that it's hard for you to deal with and you can't cope with it any anymore. So seek professional help or counselors. For some people, the counselors and the doctors might not be easy to access. You can also talk to people from the church. The church people can help you out or you can talk to trusted friends. For the students, the teachers are available for you to consult with, to talk to. The counselors in the school are always available for you to talk to. Reach out to them because if they cannot talk to you, they can link you up with someone that will be able to work with you and your family. And sometimes I think one of the greatest things that we have is we have these teenagers that have a heart to come out and say, it's not me that needs to talk to someone or that needs help. I think it's my mom. I think it's my dad. So if you're one of those teenagers that feels like that, please reach out and talk to a counselor, talk to a teacher and say, I, I really, truly think my mother needs help. I need, I, I think my father need, need, need help. We have a way that we can reach out to your parents without getting you in trouble, but to be able to reach out to them and extend the help that they need because sometimes it's difficult for adults or even for the teenagers, for young people to seek out the help that they need and actually say, yes, I need the help. So we understand once you talk to us, we will take the matters in our hands and as professionals, we'll reach out and make sure that they get the services that they need. This Boston event that happened yesterday or this traumatic event that happened yesterday, I want everyone to know how resilient not only the people in Boston are, but people all over the world that have experienced uh, trauma. This trauma will not cripple the love that we have for each other and of life in the Boston area or around the world. It will not shatter the hope that we have for life. It will not corrode or take away the faith that we have in life or the faith that we have in the government, in the officials that we have in the Boston area to be able to protect us and to be able to make sure that this culprit is found and you know, the people are free to roam around Boston and to enjoy Boston again.
this event will not suppress the memories that we have of the Boston Marathon, the joys and the relationships that we built because of years of gathering together and enjoying the Boston Marathon. So those memories will be there and I can guarantee you that it will be planned again. There will be security there and it will be, you know, prolonging again in the coming, upcoming years because life will go on. It will not kill the event or the hope and the life that is within us as a person. So I hope all of you join me in saying this to denounce that these people are still out there, but we still will make sure that we continue to hold on together, to support each other, to reach out to family and friends. And we thank all of you that are still reaching out to family and friends in Boston. People, we do read the Facebook messages. We read the tweeters that you're tweeting, and we are relaying those messages to those people that are affected as professionals because we do have contact with, you know, the people that are affected and reaching out that the world is mourning with you. The world is thinking and praying for you. So with that, we are grateful. I will leave you with a poem as I always do. This poem talks about life. It says, what will matter? And it's by Michael Josephson. The poem says, ready or not, someday it will all come to an end. There will be no more sunrises no more minutes, no more hours or days. All the things you collected, whether treasured or forgotten, will pass to someone else. Your wealth, your fame, your power will shrivel and it will be irrelevant. Your grudges, the resentments, frustrations that you have will be no more. So too will your hopes, your ambitions, your plans and to-do lists, all these will expire. What will matter is not your competence but your character, but... How many will feel a lasting loss when you're gone? What will matter is not your memories, but the memories of those who loved you. What will matter is how long you'll be remembered, by whom and for what you'll be remembered. Living a life that matters doesn't happen by accident. It's not a matter of circumstance, but of choice. Choose to live a life that matters. I will see you again next week, same time. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Stem Show. Please join us next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 9 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another enlightening show. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.